Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. son. He's nine. Everything's a joke. Everything's a joke, right? He said, hey, dad, what's an elf's favorite kind of music? I said, no, I don't know. What? He said, rap. Because <laughs> they'd be rapping the gifts. I was like, okay, dude. Anyways, so if my nine-year-old can think of that stuff in the morning, y'all need to wake up, <laughs> okay? Let's do it. Hey, y'all been learning something during this series? The sword of the Lord. My favorite thing in the world is the Bible, in case you haven't noticed. It is, yes. It's my favorite thing in the world. Um, every day I get to use it <laughs> at my job. <laughs> That's awesome, isn't it? Like, that, that's just not normal. I get to go preach to somebody every single day. And sometimes, you know, I don't really need to use the scripture with the people that I see. But there's so many times that I'll sit there and just have a straight Bible study with people. And it's just, it's a blessing to get to do that. Um, so I love it because I have seen how sharing the word of the Lord with people has changed them has transformed them, has shaped them, has molded them. It's shaped me. It's transformed me. It's molded me. Okay, I've said it a long time ago. I'll say it to the day I die. I have no opinions. This is all I need. Because opinions are what you believe to be an original thought. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that is already going to happen has happened in some way. We are just seeing a different version of it. And so God has already spoken about everything about life. He's already spoken about every, every situation. He's already spoken about every social issue, every political issue. To have an opinion about it is cool, but we must surrender all our thoughts, actions, and opinions to the King of Kings and his word. So if you're ever curious, what does God say about this? What what should I think? Have you ever thought that? What should I think? Right? Uh, if you haven't thought that, you need to. <laughs> because we should approach everything about life and say, what should I think? Not, I think this. Because our culture is, this is what I think. Let me, let me tell you what, what, let me give you a piece of my mind. I don't need a piece of anything you got. I need to know what the Bible says. I don't care what you think. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I already know what God thinks. I'll listen to you, but I'm going to be like, uh, no. That's not what the Bible says. And if you don't want to know what the Bible says, well, cool. Then what are we talking about? Because my opinion versus your opinion equals nothing. But your opinion versus God's word 
Hmm. Different story. So to me, the Bible is the foundation of everything. To me, the Bible is the source of all truth. To me, this is the most important thing that we have. We learn about the presence of God through Scripture. We learn about miracles through Scripture. We learn about faithfulness through Scripture. We learn about passion through Scripture. We learn about peace through Scripture. We learn about redemption through Scripture. Where do you think we got all this stuff? We like all the things God offers. Where do you think it came from? It came from his word. We like when we talk about blessings. We like when we talk about God providing for us. We like when we talk about, you know, God's rescuing us. Where do you think it comes from? It comes from his word. It comes from the sword of the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 says this. I'm going to do my best to recap real quick. But y'all don't got to worry. We got time to eat and then watch the Cowboys win. Praise the Lord. Y'all don't got to worry about it. Was it at 325? They're going to be up in Buffalo killing some bills. Is that what it is? Buffalo bills or whatever? I don't even know. Slaying the buffaloes. They're bringing their shotguns. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. Go Cowboys. If you don't like the Cowboys, this may not be the church for you. I don't know. Just saying. I don't know. You can watch online. <laughs> Ephesians 6.10 says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Someone say the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So who are we wrestling against? Something you can't see. We are fighting something we cannot see. Mm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Someone say the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand the evil day. So how do you withstand the evil day? You've got to put on everything. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What is this thing? This is the sword of the Lord. This is your weapon. This is your offensive Weapon, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me. The utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as though I ought to speak. So Paul is here writing to the Ephesians church while he's in prison saying, keep sharing the message. Okay. Get the picture. He's in jail for sharing the message, and he's telling them, keep sharing the message. And we're concerned that someone's going to get offended if we share the Bible with them. Paul was writing this to us from prison for preaching. And he's saying, help me, pray for me, that I may continue to be bold. Bold in the face of death, persecution, real confrontation and hatred. 
we need to learn to be bold just to say Jesus sometimes, right? We're so uncomfortable. People get so uncomfortable when you bring God into things. Well, let me tell you something. There's nothing more uncomfortable than being in prison for preaching the gospel. You're not uncomfortable yet. Trust me. Throw up that image real quick, Malachi. Malachi's serving on the pro presenter today. Look at that. Put that brain to use, son. Remember what this image is. This is a picture of scientific data that was pulled that shows how many times the Bible cross-references itself. The Bible cross-references itself 63,000 times. It is a mathematical improbability. No other book in history has ever done something like this. There is no possible way that this could happen unless it was by divine intervention. It's impossible for a book to do this. Here's why. The book of the Bible was written over 1,600 years by 33 different authors, and there's 66 different books. And nothing contradicts itself. There is no contradiction. There is no error. It has historical, factual data. It has uh, stories about kingdoms and rulers. You can find out about Alexander the Great in the Bible. Did you know this? You can find out about all sorts of kings from Persia and Babylon, Middle East. All of these stories that you'll find in history books are in the Bible. There is so much truth in it just beyond the divine truth. There is so much actual, factual, historical data in this that they're trying to figure out how was this accomplished as if someone magically put it together. No, God breathed and there it was. The sword of the spirit is the only weapon of offense, of offense listed in the scripture that we just read about the armor. The sword of the spirit is what you use to fight. And we're going to talk about this today. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Understand this, that the Bible will read your mind. The Bible knows you. The Bible is alive. It's not just a book. The Bible is truth. And truth always exposes lies. It's quiet in the church this morning. We learned in Matthew 4 about Jesus being tempted. And what did he use to respond to this temptation? Scripture. Oddly enough, Jesus himself is called the word of the Lord. So the enemy was tempting the word of the Lord. And the enemy was using scripture. So stupid. <laughs> the enemy was using scripture to tempt the scripture. And then the scripture revealed that he was the scripture. <laughs> Hello, I'm him. The devil finally realized it and he bounced. This is why it's so important that we study the Bible. It's important that we know the scripture. We can't simply rely on church, and we're going to get to that in a second. Psalms 119, 97 through 105 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. 
Your, through you, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore... I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God protects us and destroys our enemy at the same time. This is how we fight temptation. We have to fight temptation with the word of the Lord. We read a little bit about Joshua. And how Joshua encountered Jesus, right? And Jesus gave him instruction. Jesus gave him knowledge. Jesus gave him information. And when Joshua applied that information, they took a victory in Jericho, didn't they? All he did was simply follow the word of the Lord. This was called a what? A Christophany. It's when Christ appeared prior to his arrival and this season as baby Jesus. You know that little thing right there? That thing? In the following week, we also learned about Joshua taking the promised land. Joshua was 80 years old when he took the promised land. But understand this. God had given the people all the right to enter the land and to possess it, but it depended on them to go do it, right? He said, you can have it. It's yours. I'm going to give it to you. This is your victory. This is your promise, but you have to cross the river. You have to go fight. You have to go prepare. You can't expect for it to just fall into your lap. You've got to go do something to possess the land. God could have made it easy. He could have made it easy. And we're always praying that God would just make it easier, aren't we? God, will you just fix this? God, will you just make this smooth? God, will you just make sure this goes well? God, will you just make sure? How about we start saying, God, can you prepare me? Amen. How about we start asking God, Lord, help me be prepared for what's coming? I want to know your word. I want to know what you want me to do. I want to know how to prepare for what's next. Prepare me for a fight. Because if you think you're going to go get something that's powerful and amazing and purposeful and all these things and your dreams are going to be accomplished and you're not going to have to fight for it. No, no, no. That's not how it works. You have to fight for it. The difference is we get to fight side by side with the Lord. Amen. It takes courage to have faith. It takes bravery to have faith. To serve God, you have to be brave. To serve God, you have to have courage. You can't walk around scared about everything. I have, I have the, the interesting occupation where I go pray for dying people every day. Some of y'all might think that's weird. <laughs> I thought it was weird at first too, but now I've come to really enjoy it. 
I'm a hospice chaplain, so I get to go pray with people who are literally in their last days. Sometimes I'm with them a couple months before they die. Sometimes it's a couple of days. Sometimes I walk in, and with hours, they're gone. Um, seeing plenty of dead people. What's interesting is that as I walk in the door, I can tell that some people are prepared and some people aren't. Doesn't matter their age, it doesn't matter their background, doesn't matter how much money they have, some people are afraid and some people aren't. And I tell them it takes courage to go and move forward in the next part, to, to cross over, it takes some courage. Because you gotta trust that God's with you. You gotta believe that God's with you. Some of them question their faith, so we talk about it. We, 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 we get into the details of it. Sometimes they're really solid in their faith and they just, they just wanna be at peace. They wanna stop suffering. Some people are like, why am I still alive? Some people are like, please don't let me die. It's just, everyone's different. The point is, everyone needs courage, even up to the end. Even up to the very, very end, to your last breath, you need courage. You need bravery. You need that faith to be strong. No matter what you're going through, God will be there. Last week, we talked about the nine tangible benefits of reading the Bible. Right? Y'all remember this? There was, a, there was a study done, over 80,000 people, and they got some interesting data. What they learned was that if you only read the Bible one or two days a week, it does almost nothing. If you read the Bible three times a week, you'll see a slight change. They saw a slight change in people's attitudes or lifestyles. But once people started reading the Bible four times a week or more, everything changed. So they called the study the power of four. This was a in-depth study by PhDs and all these people that, that really got into the details. And they, they measured it from people from the age eight all the way into their 70s. Here's what they discovered. Here's the nine things that they discovered. If you get to day four of reading your Bible four times a week or more, this is what happens. Feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger drops 32%. Bitterness drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. But guess what happens on the last two? Sharing your faith jumps 200%. And discipling other people jumps 230%. To actually apply the scripture, you have to go to the scripture, right? How can you take someone that you're not ever doing? How can you take someone there? How can you lead someone there? You can't. You have to know the scripture. We cannot get bored with the basics. 
we find reading the scriptures sometimes boring. I talk to people all the time and they're like, I just don't find this, the Bible to be interesting. <laughs> the Bible's not boring, you're boring. We can't get bored with the basics. We can't get bored with doing the simple things every single day. We can't get bored with doing the thing that seems mundane, but once you get to day four, guess what happens? Your mind starts to change. Your heart starts to change. Your actions start to change. You see, the Bible is powerful. It's a two-edged sword. But on day one, it's still peeling back a layer. Day two, it's peeling back another layer. Day three, he's starting to get to the meat of things. Day four, he's doing surgery on the heart. You have to go to the scripture consistently. Oh, man, I read the Bible yesterday. I didn't understand it. I'm done. Oh, that's great. Try going to school and telling the professor, oh, I read the first part of the chapter, but I didn't understand it, so I'm done. Can I have my grade now? <laughs> sure, you can have your grade now. What you think it's going to be? That's not how this works, does it? We want all the benefits of serving God without any of the preparation. We want to pass the test every single time. We want the grade. We don't want to do the work. How many graduates we have in here? Anybody just graduate recently? Okay, we got a graduate right here. Come on. Graduate right there. A graduate right there and a graduate. We got four people that just graduated. Did y'all have to go learn something? Or did you just go, oh, I didn't understand this, but I'm going to get my diploma, right? That's not how this works. You want to fight? The good fight of faith, you need to go to the scripture to learn what faith is. Hmm. I'm going to keep going because then I'm going to get stuck there. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. I can do this. I can do this quick. <laughs> Everybody's already making side bets on how long it won't take. I don't know. We're going to talk about something interesting today. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite things. So those of you who know, I, I love music. I love sound. I love uh, audio. I've been doing that stuff a long time. Um, it's, just, it's just part of, you know, what I enjoy. And so I, I like to study about um, the details and the science behind a lot of these things. So we're going to talk about frequencies today. And when I say frequencies, I mean like audio frequencies and, and, and what they do and what they sound like. Um, I'm going to talk to you about sonic weaponry. Did you know there's such a thing as sonic weaponry that our military uses? Yeah, okay. It's called LRAD. Okay, LRAD, what this is is extremely high-powered sound waves that can disrupt or destroy the eardrums. And they target that area because it, because it causes severe pain and disorientation. So what happens is when they turn on this machine, it creates this noise that will literally rattle eyeballs and eardrums until they burst. Our military has this stuff. It's pretty wild. They've only used it a couple times 
on some pretty extreme situations. Usually it's overseas. But this stuff is called LRAD. It's sonic weaponry. Sound waves, sound frequencies can destroy things. How many of you notice we got like 70 subwoofers in here? It's weird. <laughs> uh, all but like two of them don't work. We keep having to get some old ones and some really old ones and then thank God for the brand new ones. But I got to get rid of the old ones soon. But these, uh, these subwoofers, if we were to turn them up, really turn them up, they would shake the whole building. We, we, have, them, we have them regulated. But if we didn't regulate them, they would shake the whole building. They're pretty powerful. And when they start shaking the whole building, you would see the screen move because it would shake. It's not that the screen's moving. It's because the projector would move and you would see the image start to move and it, everything moves. Sound causes disruption. Sound frequencies changes environments and changes atmospheres. It changes moods. This is why when you're sad, you want to put on like Barry Manilow or some junk. Mm -hmm. When you're happy, you want to play something loud, you know? Unless you're an elf, you play rap music, whatever. Sometimes sound can disrupt a person's physiology so much it can cause them to get sick. They'll be able to turn on a certain frequency that once it hits the body, people get nauseous. This is real. This is how it works. This is sound. The use of these frequencies are used a lot of times for crowd control settings. So if you ever notice, in a very nice store or the mall, they'll always be playing classical music. Do you know why? Is it because rich people like classical music? No. Just to be honest, they're listening to the same rap music your elf is, whatever. No, they play classical music because what they've learned is that if you play classical music in a store, teenagers leave. I'm not joking. It, it, it is meant to deter teenage loitering. So they will play the most boring classical music imaginable. And it makes all the rich people feel so precious and powerful. And these poor teenagers are like, let's get out of here, man. This is boring. That's why they play upbeat music at all the young shops, right? Because they want to keep them in there. Keep spending your money here. Have you ever gone into a place and there's no music? And it's like, you don't know what to do. <laughs> and I, um, are y'all open? <laughs> you know, there's something about sound, isn't there? It's powerful. Did you know that every single human being has their own frequency? You give off a sound. And don't look at your husband and be like, yeah, you snark. <laughs> That's a whole different kind of sound. We're not going to go there. We don't need that. <laughs> no. 
Everyone's born with a sound. Everyone is born with a frequency. You all give off a frequency. Did you know that rocks have a frequency? They literally have done studies on a rock, which is supposedly a dead thing, and it's giving off a hum. See there? That's what I'm talking about. What rock is that? <laughs> every time, right? I just, mm, every time. That was a good ring, too. That was like that old school, like, hello, Taco Bell. Every culture has a sound. Have anybody ever been to New Orleans? It sounds different, doesn't it? You, oh, New Orleans, sorry. It sounds different. You go through New Orleans. I stayed on Bourbon Street. Yeah, that's a mistake. Don't ever do that. <laughs> that's a, a whole different kind of sound. Now, you go to New Orleans, you go to that part of Louisiana, and you will hear a sound that their culture has that is unique to them. Anybody ever been to Boston? Man, strolled through the streets of Boston. Man, there are some cool sounds in Boston. I was just surprised. I was like, wow, look at this. Street performers and their style. And it was just like, wow. Anybody ever been to Hawaii? There's a sound there, isn't it? Oh, man, it's relaxing. It's a, you know, super. Is that what it is? No, that's a different. That's, that's Lion King. <laughs> that's Lion King, sorry. Rome continent. Um, California. Anybody been to California? Yeah, y'all from California? Yeah, come on now. There's a sound in California, isn't there? <laughs> the Beach Boys. How about how about Texas? Come on now. We got it all. We got Tejano. We got country music. <laughs> you can hear the sound of each culture by me just telling you that name. You can hear it, you can hear it like that. Because everything that carries sound carries identity. It carries purpose. So who put that there? You think humans just created that? Who puts that sound in people? Well, let me ask you a question. How was the world created? God used his voice to create. The Bible says that God said, let there be light, and there was light. Then God said, let's make this earth, and there was the earth. Then God said, I'm going to put the moon right there, and the moon went there. Then God said, let us make man in our image, and he made us in his image. Everything that God did, he used his voice to build. He used his voice to create. We were created through sound. We were created through frequencies. And the Bible declares in Ezekiel and in Revelation that the voice of the Lord 
sounds like the voice of many waters. When you hear the voice of God, it's really monstrously loud. Imagine Niagara Falls. That's the voice of the Lord. It's loud. It's powerful. It's overwhelming. And then he gave us the power to speak, to do the very same thing that he does. So don't you think it's important how we use sound? Don't you think it's powerful that we use sound at all? Look at what we're doing right now. Did you know the reason that Jesus would preach from a boat in the lake? Did you know there was a purpose behind that? Because sound carries on water. So he would get in the boat, get in the middle of the lake, and start preaching, and that sound would travel. They have documented where Moses and the Israelites were because he was with about a million people. How did he preach to all those people? They found out what areas of the mountains they were in, and when, when they realized, oh, if you put a bunch of people here and you talk from here, Everyone can hear it down there. Sound is powerful. All of it's intentional. God created it. Proverbs 12, 6 says this. Though it is a gift, our words have the power to destroy and to build up. I'm going to tell you something because I see it all the time. Your words mean more than you realize. How you speak to each other, how you speak to your loved ones, how you speak to strangers impacts everything. What you say impacts everything. Words are permanent. It's quiet in this church this morning. I'm going to go to this side of the room. Words are permanent. Everything you say matters, whether someone's in the room or not. Whatever comes out of your mouth either builds or destroys because you have the power to create. You don't believe me? Threaten someone, see what happens. You just created a lawsuit. <laughs> Say bomb in the middle of a shopping center. See what happens. You don't think your words matter? They matter a great deal. Our words have the power to destroy and the power to build up. Learn to use it to where you're building people up. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it eat its fruit. What kind of fruit are you eating? Are you eating fruit of life or are you eating fruit of death? 
Because whatever you're eating is the result of what you spoke. Whatever you're eating is the result of what you said. Whatever your children are doing sometimes are the result of how you spoke. I know parents, we don't like to hear that. No, they're just stupid. <laughs> well, hmm. we don't realize how much our words influence outcomes. They influence outcomes all the time. Everything we do, everything we say, how we use our words matter. So now I want to play you a little video. And you don't have to turn up the volume. I want to kind of narrate this a little bit. Um, if you want to have the volume in there just a little bit, you can. But I want to show you something because people need to see a visual sometime. You can play it whenever you're ready. You'll see it there. It's your video, Malachi. <laughs> Huh? It didn't travel with it? Are you sure? Oh, it was such a good video. Well, if you're able, it's in Dropbox. It's called the image of sound. And if you can download it and play it, that'd be cool. I'll keep going. I want to give you a example in the Bible of sonic warfare. You ready? And the scripture won't be up there because they're working on that. But this is 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 30. This is an interesting story of how God used sound to destroy an enemy. So I'm not just like making this stuff up. This isn't just something that our military thought up. It's in the Bible. You ready? Second Chronicles 20, verse 1, it says, And it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast through all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came together to seek the Lord. So the people of God realized there's this great army approaching us. We don't know what to do. Let's seek God. So they gathered everyone together and they all went on a fast. How would you like that? The enemy's coming against you. You got to learn. I need to find out what the Lord wants. Maybe I should go on a fast. Maybe I should seek the Lord. So they got together and they did this. Verse 5, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it. And you have built you and have built you a sanctuary 
in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save us. Verse 10. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Now all Judea and with all the little ones, or all Judah and with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Imagine this. The entire nation faces one direction and stands before the Lord. And they said this. And then this happened. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mataniah, all these sons, all these vatos, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. So the Spirit of God came on this guy. Okay, you following? Verse 15. And he said, listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. It's powerful. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Koalites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So I want you to catch this. They went out to meet the army, and this is what happens. So they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people... He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were Defeated, For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had, he made the end of the inhabitants of Seir. They helped destroy one another. 
So when Judah came to place to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth, and no one had escaped. These people did not have to fight in this battle. The only thing they had to do was what? Praise the Lord. All they had to do was sing. All they had to do was shout. All they had to do was raise their voice. All they had to do was give God praise. But they had to do it loudly. Let's go, Carol. God's way. They had to lift their voice loudly. They had to shout. They had to give God praise in a loud way. If we want to walk in a victory where God does the fighting, then we have to do the shouting. So here's what happens next. <laughs> there you go. You can sing this, Jasmine. Verse 25, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And there were there three days gathering all the spoil. Can you imagine how much stuff that was? That they had to be there three days just to get it all. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barakah, for they blessed the Lord there, for the name of that place was called the Valley of Barakah, until this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with the stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. You see, what happened after this is all the other kingdoms became aware that their own warriors don't even have to fight. This became such an important thing that other nations and other countries were like, they have a God, some mystical, magical God that fights for them. That, that these people just have to show up and make some noise. So why are we quiet? Why are we quiet? Why are we afraid? To lift our voice. Why are we afraid to cry out to God? Why are we afraid to sing a song? You may not be able to sing good. It's okay. I ain't giving you the mic. But lift your voice. Lift your voice. Give God praise because why? We want God to do all of these things. And here's what he's asking of us. Are you willing to give me praise? And worship me and rejoice over your enemies? Because if, if we're willing, then God will move. But if we don't show up with our voice, if we don't show up with our instruments, if we don't show up and be willing to do that simple thing, then guess what? We're going to have to fight on our own. Does this make sense? 
Is that video ready? Ah. Ah, I messed it up. There's the video we did. Because sound alters all the elements around us. If you put water in front of a speaker, the frequency on the speaker will change the direction of the water. It will literally make it look like it's going in reverse. One frequency changes it to where the pattern looks like a Z as it's falling. Another frequency changes the pattern to where it looks like big goblets of water dropping. And then when you change it to a different frequency, it makes it look like it's going in reverse. Sound alters everything. If you put sand on a metal plate and hook up an audio instrument to it and turn different frequencies, it'll take on different shapes. Because sound creates. God did that. It's not by accident. I'll share this last thing with you and then we're going to do something. Okay? Did you know how God, or do you know how God built Lucifer? We know Lucifer is. Lucifer was the fallen angel. We now know him as Satan. His original name is Lucifer, which means the light bearer. And God describes Lucifer in the book of Ezekiel. Do you know what he describes him as? His entire being, not just his voice, his entire being, his body is an instrument. <laughs> yeah, his limbs. His chest, his neck, his arms. They, the Bible calls them, the, they're like pipes, they're like timbrels. When he moves and sound goes through him, he makes music. Have you ever wondered why there's such dark music out there? Why music has been used as a way to uh, deter and manipulate things? Because music is powerful. Because the enemy knows that music is powerful, so he used music. We just read the scripture where they used music before war. Like a harp. This is why when you see all of the, uh, the history of English marching bands, they go out before battle. They, that became a tradition. So now they just like, you know. Here's my little drummer board before. But no, the original design, the original intent was that they worshiped God with a loud singing, praising party before they went out to fight. And the noise, the sound, it was sonic warfare. The enemy is built as an instrument. But guess what? So are you. These vocal cords you carry, guess what they can do? They can give life or they can give death. They can build up or they can destroy. We can either cry or we can cry out. What are we going to do? Let's stand. So normally, I have the worship team come back up, but I told them not today.
because here's what I want us to do. I want us to take a moment. Don't worry, the food is still hot. We're going to have a good time. I want us to take a moment, and I didn't want any music. I didn't want any noise of any kind because we're the instruments. I want us to take a moment to think about something that has been an issue in your life, uh, something that has been a struggle or something you've been praying about, uh, something you're trying to accomplish, uh, whatever the case may be, something that's been on your mind, something that's been heavy on you. And I want you to just get that in front of your mind right now. Go ahead and close your eyes. Just get that in front of your mind right now. Just think about that thing. It could be uh, relationship issues, could be stuff with your family, your kids, whatever the case may be. Maybe you need healing in your body, something at work, whatever that situation is. And we're going to start off soft. And we're just going to pray out loud. And then we're going to build it up. And we're going to give God praise, okay? So I want to start, I want you to just to begin to pray over that thing. You don't have to worry about anybody else around you hearing you. This is just an opportunity to just begin to declare goodness and mercy and blessing over those situations. Just take about 30 seconds and let's pray. But we thank you for healing. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for restoration. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that right now you're doing a work in our lives. And Lord, we lift up our voice this morning and we say thank you. Come on, just begin to thank the Lord. Don't be afraid to thank the Lord this morning. We say thank you for moving on our behalf. Thank you for being with our families. Thank you for a good 2023. Thank you for getting us through another year. Thank you, Lord, that you're preparing us for the next year, that you're preparing us for what's coming. Lord, thank you for what we don't have yet, but what we're believing for. Thank you for what you provided for us. Thank you for the visions and dreams that you've given us. Thank you for these graduations that's happened. Lord, thank you for the victories that has happened. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you, Lord. Can someone say thank you, Jesus, in this place? Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, we want to praise you. We want to praise you. We want to give you glory in this place because without you, we are nothing. Without you, we are absolutely nothing. If you are surrendered to the Lord in this place and you have surrendered your life, then this is going to be an opportunity for you to just give God praise in a way that shakes the core of the enemy. What did the Bible say that we read? That they rejoiced over their enemies. They weren't just shouting to shout. 
They weren't just shouting to be loud for no reason. They rejoiced over, as in they are underneath me. They rejoiced over their enemies. Your enemy is underneath you. Your enemy is underneath you. No matter what's going on, your circumstance is underneath you. The issues are underneath you. The problems are underneath you. It's time to rejoice over our enemy. Can someone begin to rejoice over your enemy? Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory that you are with us no matter what. You are for us no matter what. You help us and you aid us no matter what. Don't stop. Keep it going. We are here to thank you and to praise you and declare that no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper. Lord, we thank you that we will apply your word. We will declare the goodness of God. We will see blessing in our life. And Lord, we ask you right now that we speak life and not death to every situation. We speak blessing and not cursing. We build up and we do not destroy. And we praise your name in this place for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, can someone praise the Lord? You can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.